0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. We are the podcast that loves a Thierry and re-inspired celebration. My name is Chris and I am your host. And this week I have got Phil and I've got Jez with me as usual. Good evening to you both. Hello. 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 We have got literally mountains to cover this week, boys and girls. So we're going to launch right in. Now, last week I promised you dear listeners that we would have a little bit of love for strasbourg so if you are a strasbourg fan you can thank me later, it's coming. But before we get to that, let's run down the scores from the weekend's games. We will pick up on a couple of these games as we go as per usual. So um, the largely inspirational PSG uninspirational, sorry, PSG did get a 1-0 win over Rennes with almost the last kick of the game uh, which of course brought about the celebration I mentioned in the intro, and Lombardi with the winner in the 93rd minute. We uh, That was the Friday game, we saw the Saturday games Montpellier uh, losing at home to Lille, so bad week at the office for Phil. Uh, Sheka oh. with the winner there. I um, must admit, I haven't actually seen that goal yet, so I'll have to look that one up.
1: Well, uh, on the on the upside, Omlin's back. On the downside, that's how many losses in a row?
0: Yeah, too many. I think that's, well, it's, it's four defeats in five, so not ideal, to be fair. Um, but, you know, always on the up. Always on the up. And um, speaking of on the up, Leon also continued uh, there. Well, I suppose uh, you could say patchy form, really, but largely on the up. Four wins out of five now. And they defeated Nice uh, by two goals to nil. We'll cover that one in a bit more depth in a minute. But Dembele's penalty and Tekko Akambe's second. Uh, sort of laying waste to Gauthier's men. Uh, he going back to his former club, of course, if you remember that far back. Uh, on to Sunday's games. Uh, we saw the wonderful performance from Lorient, which got them a nil-nil draw at Monaco. I may be slightly exaggerating there, but go with me. Uh, but no, a very good point for Laurie. And a battling point in a game which, I'm not going to lie, was terrible. It was absolutely but appalling.
1: Petro was great.
0: It, there was a couple of really good performances, in truth, and uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed the battling qualities um, when, you, when you need it most from a team that's been struggling. And, um, yeah, no, I felt there was one really good chance later on for Monaco, but barring that... Not much at the office, so we take these and we move forwards. Um, we'll come back to our An- onger Strasbourg in a second because Strasbourg. Uh, we also had breast five, twat one. What the ramifications of that for twat will have, we will wait and see. Uh, Adil, Adil Rami was on the score sheet, but twice succumbed to uh, two Satriano goals for breast Bait and two up for Rami's goal back. Frank on up with two. In the second half, and Steve Mune with the clinching fifth. As I say, that could be a damaging result for Strasbourg. Goals against, uh, sorry for two goals against as much as anything else. But a good win for Brust. Clermont uh, won. Was an Etienne. wind assisted? Yeah, it was. It did look. It looked it like a classic. The second goal,
1: maybe it was the goalkeeper. Sus it out, and then. It blew back directly into the car. Yeah, not
0: ideal. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, but
1: also quite amusing.
0: Yeah, you got to you got to find the fun in these things you, at the end of the day. But so um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It wasn't wasn't the most of an in sort of fun fixtures in terms of the weather, but a good win for Brest. Uh, an even better win though for Saint Etienne, who continue to defy. Uh, me and pretty much everybody else, as they won three in a row, a uh, 2-1 win against Claremont. Coming from behind, uh, Hotonji had put Claremont in front, and all looked doomed, but then once again, the late rally, Kamara equalising on the 71st, and Timotej check for once, not getting himself sent off, but scoring the winner on the 82nd minute, so we'll come on St Etienne in a second. Uh, Noel's also got a win at home to Rouse. their good form continues, Moses Simon with the winner, uh Hamid sending off in the 14th minute didn't help the away side. And um, speaking of away sides, badly in need of help, Bordeaux, despite a late rally, uh, lost to Lons. So Kalimwendo, Gelka from the spot and Seiko Fafada had fired Lons into a 3-0 lead after 26 minutes. Uh foot maybe went off the pedal a bit before uh, Alberta Elias pulled one back for Bordeaux and Wangu joe who else at the moment, got the second. But it was too little, too late for Bordeaux, who, again, we may well have a little touch on in a moment. And the final game of the weekend, just shut your ears, finished Mets 1, Marseille 2. Uh, Bukambu uh, with the opener for Marseille. Maiga with the leveler for Mets. Uh, for Akejus Milik uh, popped up with probably the goal of the weekend anywhere in Europe. Really clever bit or bit piece of... Uh, well, I guess, manipulation of the body, if you will, almost falling on his back to score an overhead goal. Um, But we will also touch on Marseille when we do our European preview. So um, let's start with uh, Strasbourg then. I just wanted to give them a little bit of love because sometimes in various podcasts, they maybe don't get, some clubs don't get the love they deserve. And I think Strasbourg up in fourth place in Liga, just a point off third, it should be said, and only five off Marseille in second. I think if you just said at the start of the season, this is where Strasbourg would be, you you, you know, I think you'd have you'd have been very surprised to most people with that opinion. A very kind person on Twitter actually tagged me in a tweet recently and said, um, really good call on Strasbourg. And I was like, what? And I didn't realise that in my preview at the start of the season, I was chatting to someone I said I actually fancied them to, to push sort of high into mid-table in you know in the in the league this season. Even I didn't see them finishing fourth. Um Jez, I will start with you though. I, I kind of just wanna just an overview, rather than just talking about their one 0 win over Angers, which was largely, you know, sort of it wasn't the most thrilling of games. Kevin Camaro got the winner. Just tell me your just overall views on on what you think has clicked under Julian Stephon. Is it is it just a classic case of good manager fits good club, you know, right fit right time, and and maybe just a change of emphasis because they're outperforming every metric. Um.
2: This is going to be difficult for me because I don't like Strasbourg and I don't like Julian Stefan, but I'll try my best. Right um, he thanks you. <laughs> um I mean it took a while for them to sort of get used to his system, but um they're they're certainly obviously now they've clicked. But you look at the the squad that they put out, like take yesterday's, for example, it's actually a very decent squad. They've got, I think in sales, they've got one of the more underrated goalkeepers in Liga. Um, Centre backs, a little bit hit and miss, but I, I've always rated Jiku, for example. Um, you know, Gilbert obviously has come from Premier League as well and has always been sort of highly rated. So there's not a huge surprise there. Leonard, the captain, is just one of those kind of stalwart Liga figures that rarely get any praise but are always going to do a job for you and you know you look at this finish last week for example and, and you know you don't sort of flute goals like that it was a just a really accomplished finish the midfield like the starting midfield yesterday Thomason sort of likened before to a kind of lampard minus all the deflections or a david platt in that he's one of those midfielders that just seems to have an innate um, ability to kind of just pop up on the edge of the area at exactly at the right time to kind of suddenly turn into an auxiliary striker as well. Perchic has never really kind of fulfilled all his promise, but I remember writing about him a few years ago for, for the 100 and, and just what a quality player he can be on his day. He's just beautiful to watch. His control is just really clever footballer, I think. And then we've talked about the strikers before. Um, I know you rate him personally. I don't I think Azorquez is just a big lump but you can't argue that he somehow manages to get his share of goals Gamero obviously sort of on the winding down side of his career but that volley this weekend that was the difference between the two teams was just had you know class written all over it you've got Diallo who obviously is decent enough on the bench um, the rest of the bench as well, Warris, who, again, very hit and miss, but has shown in the past that he can be a goal scorer in Liga. Um, Saki, Bellegarde, these are quality players, so it's not even just the starting eleven. I think similarly, and you know, I'm not saying that Julien Stefan should take no credit, but it is similar to Ren, where I think and you know you can compare it certainly to other clubs, certainly other clubs in the northeast, which we might come on to later begrudgingly. Um, they've just got a very, very good recruitment policy over the last couple of years as well, and therefore built a very good squad, so that Stefan was able to to rotate and still maintain quality and the the good form that the the team have clicked into.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think for somebody who's not keen on either club nor manager, you've <laughs> done very well there. Um, just, just briefly, Phil, the question I put to you on Strasbourg: do, do you see some familiarities in terms of? I know Montpellier won the league, so it's slightly unfair to compare the two. Strasbourg and not that level, but that kind of progression that has come under a club that maybe is less fashionable, or you know, is is not a club that people would necessarily notice unless they were a you know a hardened league fan. Is that sort of fair to say that the progression has been on a similar scale to what you witnessed well, with Montpellier? I think um, we're on a
1: situation where we're looking at the podium because obviously when Montpellier won the league PSD PSG had only just got the money so slightly different situation but the podium... Is potentially up there. Uh, they're four points clear of Ren and fifth. So why not? We mm. have to look at what's happening, kind of, in that uh, in that uh, top bit of the table. So. It's, pete- it's possible, but I see them more at the Europa Conference than you bought it.
0: Yeah, that feels more yeah. like the level, I guess. But I think even that, if they can finish in that top five, I, th- I think that's a hell of an achievement. When you look at the clubs below them, yeah. Monaco, Lyon, Lille, you know, throw Montpellier in there, Launce, you know, Nantes. There's some big clubs and, and that's excluding the two in the bottom Three at the moment, which we'll come on to. But yeah, I just, I just feel that, um, you know, I've, I've watched a fair bit of them. Not as much as some clubs, I'll, I'll openly admit. But they, they have a certain style. They play to their strengths, and and like as as you both were saying, I think Stefan's done a, a very good job to even put them into into the conversation of being in that sort of bracket of clubs that could potentially hit the European places or or the top end of the table. So just wanted to give them some love um, before we head head down the table, which we will do shortly. Um, I do want to discuss uh, probably the fixture of the weekend, really. Um, Phil, I'll start with you this time, reverse order. Uh, the, the, probably the one, the glamour tie of the weekend was Leon to Nice nil. Um, well, again, I, I I don't know what to make of Leon because it's always like every time Peter Bosch is on the chopping block, he pulls out a performance. Oh, if... Oh. This was a
1: surprising game to me because Leon won 2-0 and it felt like one-way traffic. Mm. It took Nice until I think the 76th minute before they got a shot off. Yeah. A shot. And, oh, well, there was... Early doors, three minutes in, d- penalty. Var, oh yeah, it's a penalty, and Dembélé takes it. Benitez saves it. Paqueta scores on the rebound. Var gets involved. It's a retake. It's uh, it was chaos from the get go, but it was all Leon nice had nothing like i say it took until 76 minutes until they got a shot off it was really a strange situation given that niece are uh, higher in the table leon really bossed that mm. And I think that's something they're going to take a lot of kind of confidence from. But it was an odd, odd game.
0: Yeah, I, I just I, I just sort of felt that um, if I slide you in here, Jess, because uh, like, like Phil was saying, it, it was one way traffic. And what I couldn't quite understand with Niece's approach is they never really seemed to put Leon under any sort of pressure Felt really sorry for Andy DeLore, who was just kind of racing around doing not very much because he just had no supply. And the midfield went missing. I was quite surprised Kevin Turam stayed on. He's a player I like, but he didn't do a lot. It just looked very disjointed and I couldn't quite work it out. It just—it didn't have the look of a Gaultier side to me. And I know that it's just one performance. I'm not saying overall, but. What do you make of their performance in this game? And, and should we give more credit to Leon? You know, am I being harsh and saying Nice didn't turn up? So I just didn't really feel like they had much to defend against.
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, in, in Nice's defense, well, partly it's not a defense, but they haven't always been playing well this season. And um, there's been quite a few matches that they've sort of ground out without playing well. So there's certainly you know, very far from the finished article, I'd say. And secondly, they had a big match at the in midweek, I think, um, yeah. playing Marseille in the cup, and and they won that one quite comfortably. But you know, it's gonna take a little bit out of you, whereas um so, you know, I'll I'll give them that. But yeah, it wasn't their their greatest day. You wonder if someone like Guiri maybe was kind of affected by by sort of going back to to his old club and remember that, you know, the, the, the reverse fixture, Nice won it, but that was the one that Lyon totally collapsed in the last 10 minutes. They were, yeah. they were two 0 up and, and should really have won that. So, um, you know, maybe it just happens that Nice is a good match for for this Lyon team, but I think you've got to give Lyon a lot of credit. I don't know whether Boss himself deserves that credit, but um we say it so so often about Lyon, but could this be a turning point for them? Um, you know, the, the the main talk in midweek was that um, Boateng, Boateng was um, dropped in sort of relatively similar circumstances to Marcelo being dropped earlier in the season. He had an absolute nightmare last week against Monaco, and then you know I think people had had enough of his attitude in the changing room. And so not only was he going to be dropped, but it meant that due to lack of choices, they were going to bring Mendes. He's been a serial underperformer in his main position in midfield for the last two years into centre-back. So everything boded, re- boded. is that right? Bode, Bode, Bode. Bode. We'll go, Bode. go with Bode. Bode know. sounds great. Really, right, but... really badly for, for Lyon in terms of the defence. Um, but... Yeah. You know, as, as Phil said, they were fantastic and, and Mendes played well. Luke Heba, we all often talk about all the, the brilliant Lyon players of the sort of conveyor belt and we usually talk about the, the more attacking ones. But um, Luke Heba has been fantastic, he's sort of quietly slotted into the defence and is pretty much the boss of the defence nowadays. He's
0: a TT mark too, isn't he, for me? Like build, style, stature, like he's just seamless to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he does a deal with the devil, right, and Titi does and sort of <laughs> ruins his career, but scores the winning goal in the World Cup semi-final in return, then I'll take that. But, <laughs> um, and then I think you know, crucially, you look at the the players up front and and or sort of midfield and up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it feels like there's a little bit more choice there. You know, there was all this worry of Gimarech leaving, and now are not entirely fit, but fair. F- Looked decent enough and played a part in the first goal, combining with Ndombélé. And then Kakere and Ndombélé, oh. Paqueta in the middle, um, were were just superb. And Kakere, I think, is one of those players I could just watch him all day. It's partly so, just yeah. the way he looks, like a kind of 1950s throwback with the gel back hair. I just love it. <laughs> he just but, needs his
0: socks lower, doesn't
2: he? Yeah. Yeah, but just the the kind of player he is, and you know, always seems to be giving 100. percent And just one of those players. A little bit, I think actually Leckie did make a passing comparison, but I can see it to, to Conte and that he seems to be all energy, he seems to be everywhere, he can do the defensive bit, but he's also sort of um you know crucial to the transition, like looking for the little passes. And he combines so well with Ndombele. And this article in Leckie was actually saying that that they're I think they sort of crossed paths a tiny bit before Ndombele left and and they have been in touch, they remained in touch the last two years. So clearly they've got an affinity off the pitch and for it to show on the pitch so quickly was brilliant. And (laughs) there's so many players that I've said before, like Aouar and certain players that are in the image of of Lyon in that they're so flaky and can be superb one, one day and awful the next. And obviously, you know, any Spurs fan would agree that Ndombele is one of those players as well. Um, so it remains to be seen if he can maintain levels of performances, but he was he was brilliant yesterday and or oh, this weekend and you know set up um the second goal really well. and um yeah, I think those three controlling the midfield, Paqueta looking a little bit closer to to back to his best, just nice didn't get a look in that that's where they dominate it. and you know, you could argue maybe, Nice didn't have enough creativity in their midfield. I'd say of the of the sort of midfield four, any Cliver is a more creative player. The other three, Turam this year has shown a bit more forward intent. But to mm. me, that you know Turam Lamina and, and Schneiderlin are, are not necessarily the most attacking of midfielders. So possibly um Gautier got his selection wrong there. But Lyon really capitalized, and actually, if anything. You Know Leon fans like to have a moan, they probably should be complaining that it was only two now,
0: yeah. Yeah, Calvin Stangs is another one that's not really hit the heights since his move, and he would have been an option, but yeah, I, I do agree with you. And just on Kakaray, very briefly, I, I saw your tweet and I just nodded along as I inevitably do, but um, yeah, I thought he was exceptional. And you know, something that crossed my mind, and maybe it's because of his stature and style, but I just thought to myself, Marco Verratti's getting on, isn't he? And I just thought, oh. That's a that's an unpleasant marriage. I don't really want to think about because he would slot quite well into that role at PSG, uh, and I hope that doesn't happen because I'd like to see him
2: stay on the good side of the force. But yeah, well, he isn't signing a new contract yet, and no. there, there is a worry. That there he's is. Leave. I don't know about. I don't think he'd go to PSG. I don't think they consider him starry enough. But
0: no, that's true. That that's a fair point. But yeah, but you could see him ending up at somewhere like I don't know. Leicester or somewhere, and it not working out, and his career going backwards. So I hope he stays because we'd like to see him snack a not even Don't even don't go there. Um, so that's the top end. Uh, we will come on to PSG in a minute when we talk about the uh, sort of games ahead, but um, Phil, I'm coming down to the bottom again because uh, unfortunately, we have to, well, fortunately and unfortunately, we have to talk about two particular clubs, those being Bordeaux and St Etienne. I'll group them together for both of you. Um, Bordeaux, I think maybe we'll come on to the managerial situation there in a minute, but they lost again. They're now bottom of League which if you just said that to me, you know, even with the, all their troubles of last season, I'd have been surprised, if I'm honest. Um, their goal difference is hemorrhaging heavily, minus 25 now. And meanwhile, St. Etienne, three straight wins, and they're pushing for Champions League. No, they're not. But you know, suddenly they're they're literally one win away from being 15th all of a sudden. Um mm. I guess, what's the difference between the
1: two? It's gone when we look at the uh, points. It's now South have gotten themselves into not safety, but a safer position because... Two weeks ago, they looked dead and buried. But we've got five teams on 20 and 21 points. To remind me. So that's... I think that's going to be where the battle pans out. But it's not... Uh, Saint-Étienne previously were way off that and now they're bang in the middle. So they've got three wins on bounce. Nobody else around them has got anything like that. Even Clermont, Ras Angers above them haven't got anything like that. So yeah, they might stay up which it, was looking really, really
0: unlikely at the midpoint of the season. i so, not going to lie. Is, is it just good management? Is it is it just player form? Is it a bit of both? I mean, this is quite was, the change. It might be desperation.
1: You reckon? The, as, at as some in point, people have turned around and gone. We are are Saint-Étienne, what the hell are we doing? But you might expect that from Bordeaux, and they're not doing that. So I think we've always thought Saint-Étienne have good players. They just haven't meshed. Uh, they seem to have pulled themselves together
0: a bit, but Bordeaux look lost. Yeah, well, I'll 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 just pass the the rather shitty stick to you, Jez Sorry, but um, Phil's done a done a good job on Sonetti, and so we we have to poke the the box marked Bordeaux and crisis. Um, how long does Petkovic get if he hasn't been sacked already? I must admit I haven't had a chance to check the daily tabloids today, French-wise. But um, I mean, how long does he get? Because this is, you know, this isn't a manager that they brought in that was a project. This isn't a, you know, a guy, a young up-and-coming coach. This is a, a reformed international, and I think was it Serie A managed before. He's a name, you know, he's a guy who should be doing far much more. And despite, yes, there's turmoil off the pitch, we can't deny that. But on the pitch is where you get your results. And, you know, he's isolated certain players in the squad. Um, Some of the the transfer dealings in and out have been questionable. And this, you know, conceding goals, he was known, I believe, when he was a Swiss coach coach for being quite defensively sound. I mean, what's happened? Because they are going down, aren't they? If this form continues as big a name as they are, they're going if this carries on.
2: Well, firstly, quickly on, on Saint-Étienne, I think, um I don't think it's a full-on conclu- conclusion they're going to stay up, but I think, you know, yesterday, Bernard or this weekend, Bernardoni was man of the match, which I think says a lot about Fact and they were two late goals again, like it was two late goals last or three late goals last week that that swung the match. So I think that to me speaks a lot about a sort of new manager bounce and and you know players suddenly getting a bit more motivated. So I still think they should stay up with the personnel they've got, but we'll see how long that sort of extra little imp lasts. And my concern as a mess fan is the same thing's going to happen with Bordeaux because I think they've had a re- they did have a really good January transfer window in terms of the players they brought, brought in Um and not only is Petkovic not there anymore they got rid of him last week Okay, oh, was um, it last
0: week was it really yeah
2: or after last up. week's match How um, that? sorry not only that but although it hasn't they haven't officially announced it yet. L'Equipe reporting that David Gion is going to take his first training session tomorrow. So oh, okay. as a MES fan, I'm really worried because, again, I think Bordeaux have got more than enough quality to stay up. And now they've got a very, very good league 1 coach mm. um, who I think will sort things out very quickly. So, yeah, I'm not very happy about it.
1: And <laughs> the, if you look at their stats... They've scored more than anyone lower than Montpellier.
0: Yeah, 36. They
1: have conceded a shitload. 61 goals. 61. So if somebody, somebody can shore that up. They're
0: gonna go up the table, it makes me but wonder.
2: Gu- Guillaume, rightly or wrongly, I mean, when he got RAS promoted, it was playing amazing attacking football, but certainly his, his RAS team in in, in Gap was known better for, for being a very mean defense. So, mm-hmm. as you said, as long as they keep scoring, it's not going to take that much to um. Mm to kind of turn the results around, I think.
0: Turn the wheel. I wonder why, and, and again, I appreciate, like, this a small element of bias here because I love Lolo, but it does make the kashelny decision a bit weird to me, uh, like letting him sort of disappear off into the distance when they knew the coach was going. And I, I'm genuinely embarrassed that I did not know about the Vekovic news. How did that slip the net? Um, I've been busy, but Christ, I don't know how I missed that. So I do apologise to you, listener. But thank you, Jess, for saving my bacon there. Um, and Guion does seem like a, a really good fit for that. But um,
2: yeah, I just, uh, I and do. On think... I think it's. I don't think it's anything to do with Petkovich. I think it's more to do with people further back. And okay, and isn't Lopez involved now? Which always sort of smells. Yeah, like true. And... I just think he was kind of the scapegoat. Firstly, because he was probably or well, almost certainly the the best paid player there so True. it was making a point of trying to save money which is obviously Lopez's um, priority <laughs> and then yeah. um, I think just the idea of trying to flush out the sort of older maybe underperforming players and I, I'm not sure that Kashani was the the worst of them but there was that sort of he was
0: a marquee wasn't
2: he when he came in of like this sort of heralded player that league and
0: experience and would shore up a defence and yeah um I mean to be fair the way he left Arsenal wasn't exactly great but I do think he had his reasons but yeah it just seemed like a bit of a weird one and I believe he's still a free agent although after what to watch just about Pekovic he could be playing for Paris Saint-Germain by all by all the time I realised but you, know. I think
2: it's, it's more that they replaced him with, well I don't think he's playing yet but they replaced him with Marcelo <laughs> yeah, well yeah which
0: is um Interesting to say the least, but then you know what it's like sometimes fresh, fresh club and fresh player and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, I will be keeping close eye on. Oh, I did play yesterday, sorry. Oh, I did, and they conceded three girls. <laughs> Moving on, um, hmm, yeah, well, there you go. So you learn something every day, listener. But yeah, I think just to sort of draw a line at the Petkovich, I mean, um, as I say, I didn't realize it had happened already, but it was inevitable, wasn't it? I mean, they were just spiraling headlong down the table so um okay let's come back up the table then because we do want to have a quick look at the sort of European action that's upcoming so for those who probably don't our wind of the conversations we had before the pod it took us about an hour but we worked out uh, after a while that Lille are next week as indeed a Leon and uh, Monaco because the Europa Conference League is very confusing so this week we've just got uh, Marseille and PSG um Jez I'll start with Marseille just because uh, I, th- I think you have an axe to grind here about the weekend's action. Um they, they come into this game against Carabag, Carabag to you, mate, um, in the Europa conference on Thursday, having beaten your beloved Mets 2-1. Uh, it was daylight robbery, in my opinion, or at the very least, it was harsh And Mets. So I thought there's more than deserved to draw for that second half alone, if not all three points. And Marseille were positively cacking it when you got level. Um the, the winning goal, as I mentioned in the outset, was worthy of winning any game. I think that's an individual piece of brilliance. But what, by by all means, you can have a little, a little um, thumb in in the nose for your for you lads. By all means, but also, what's your thought on on Marseille's priorities this season? Because surely, second and retaining second is a priority over this Europa Conference.
2: Um, well, that's what Jonathan Pearce and Clive Allen says. So oh be God. Clear.
0: Oh, God. Oh, um, can I take it back? I can't,
2: I can't have that. A yeah. Threat. In terms of mess, I don't, I don't really have an axe to grind. They're just my only two sort of observations or three observations. First one is that I thought very early on in the match, Mafuta was put through one on one and the referee called it back for a completely non existent foul, which was just like, well, clearly that's how this match is going to go then. Is it even worth watching the rest of it? Um, and it's not the first time that mess have been absolutely shafted by poor refereeing this season, and and you know those do come back when when as Phil said that you know the bottom is so tight, one point separating five teams, those one or two points here and there are going to be crucial. Yeah. Um, the second thing is yeah, as, as you said, you know at one point within sort of five minutes of each other, mess made a change up front and they took off mafuto who by the way i owe an apology to because i thought it was starting with him you know some random signing from the swiss second division we got no chance he looked really good actually just the only problem was he was completely isolated and he looked a hell of a lot better than ibrahim and Nian, who i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again this season because Antonetti has given him so many chances if anything, because we just didn't have any other options. And yet again, he was awful when he came on yesterday. And yet again, Alternetti sort of pulled him out publicly after the match for being awful and not making any effort. And I think even maybe having a little part in Marseille winning the possession for, for the winning goal. Um, but yeah, we we took off from Futo, we brought on Nian. They took off Bakambu and brought on Milik. Mm. And, you know, yeah. we're not competing with Marseille, obviously in the league, but that Says all you need to know about yesterday's match <laughs> and, you know, his depth and stuff. But these aren't the matches that are going to the mess are supposed to win to, to stay up. It's just kind of frustrating. And even just before Milik scored and um, get had a really good chance that he just He could have had a decent shot or squared it to someone who was pretty much unmarked at the far post. And he said he just basically passed it to the keeper. And I think it was you know, within a couple of minutes, Marseille had taken the lead. So, uh, yeah, it was just frustrating because, as you said, we, I think, deserved a draw.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and Marseille, as I say, they positively cracked themselves when you were level. And the atmosphere really went up a notch, really, didn't it? When when the leveler went in, that crowd was carrying those players to the extra five yards. And there was a few questionable challenges, I thought. A few players got away with on both sides, in fairness. There was a few that I thought went unpunished. That probably should have gone punished, but that's for a story for another day. Do you, yeah, do you... I mean
2: one of the one of the frustrations with Mess is that they often this season they've raised their game against the better sides, and, yeah. and if they had that level of performance against the poorer sides, they would win more often. For some out, reason, yeah. they sort of stoop to the other level and only raise themselves for a, a sort of gallant defeat, which is a bit annoying. Um, but as for Marseille, I mean, it's not like that, although I said Mess deserved a draw. It wasn't because they played fantastically. I just thought Marseille were really average. And, right. you know, if, that, if that's the quality of the second-place team in Ligue 1, it's a little bit of a concern. Yeah. Um, I really did not think they were very good. Um, Gwendizi, I thought, I had one of his sort of running around a lot, looking very officious, but not actually doing much that was effective. Payet, I thought, it was... Looked pretty really disinterested and, and sort of overhitting everything. Um, I just didn't think they looked they looked in great shape and and yeah, it took a piece of or poor defending, I think, for the first goal and a piece of um, individual brilliance for the for the second goal. I don't think um, there was much in terms of a team performance. And it's to be fair, it's not the first time. In the last couple of weeks, there's been matches where Marseille have you look at the stats and they've dominated possession, but they've created practically nothing. Um, And it is a worry. And it's also just bizarre. Why aren't they starting Milik every match? I just don't understand that.
0: Patrick in in the last game and then dropped. It's a very odd... But Cambo was good, I thought. His movement was good, but I just... Yeah, you just... I think I would have played Milik over the if I'm honest. And... um, and like like you said, for me the two the two standouts on the night were Saliba and Camaro. Camaro is playing seemingly sort of a half centre back, half midfield role last night, and his contract situation I believe is still undetermined, and that that's a big worry because I think he's just a player that's got unlimited potential. And Saliba obviously he's, he's had his, his ups and downs this season, but generally has been consistently picked by Sampaoli. So yeah, it does feel like the priority probably should be the league, but based upon that. Team choice last night. You do wonder if maybe that conference is something Sampdoria's got his eye on. But
2: we should I mean, surely they've got to want to qualify for the Champions League. They're, you yeah. know, it would be different if they're in sort of fifth, sixth place now. But
0: cover fat sides. I mean, they just they just have to be. Don't know the brand, the the image, everything. It's just got to be. It's got to be done. But um, beautifully segued because uh, Phil, there is a team in the Champions League um, and a team. Uh, that's not named Lille. That are probably expected to be one of the final four, if not winning the damn thing this season. RPSG. Um, they warmed up, uh, lukewarmed up, I should say, against uh, against. Um, oh my goodness me. Ren. Ren, thank you. <laughs> Mind fart there. It's Monday, listeners. Forgive me. Um, they warmed. They lukewarmed up against Ren with a, a very last minute goal from from Kylian Mbappe. Uh, I think it would be first
2: shot on target in the match. The
0: whole game, yeah. And I think, I think Joe's tweeted it at the time. They are, you know, without Mbappe, there's, there's not a lot going on with PSG. And I was maybe at and that's about it. Um, Phil, what do you, what chances do you give PSG in the home leg against Real Madrid? A probably Benzema last Real Madrid, but they've been here and done it, haven't they?
1: I, on TV in France, Yesterday there was a program called Galactic and it was about the Real Madrid Galacticos and the PSG Galacticos in inverticons. And it was very interesting. They looked over all of the games PSG and Real Madrid have had in the past 10 years. And not massively convincing for PSG. I don't know. Day we've got tomorrow. PSG Real Madrid. Are we convinced? Are we confident? Are we? You look at what PSG have done recently, and seriously, last weekend, a ninety third. Minute winner from Mbappe against Ren. Mm. They do not look good. I not I know if they are what, 13, 15 points ahead, but they still don't look kind of convincing.
0: No, they're not. Uh, that's 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 uh are you are you backing them? Like I mean, obviously we'll all watch this game, and I'm sure from a French football, football perspective, we'd really like them to win. Really. No. Okay, okay. What's your take, Jess? Um, I know you've got some interesting questions to ask me about certain lists that's appeared today, which maybe we can splice in at the end of this, but um I mean you were far from convinced. I was far from convinced. Uh, in fact, to the point where uh, watching the game on Friday, I with it with about twenty minutes to go, I um I did start uh, doing some work. I'm not going to lie, as in some actual work. Work I had the laptop in front of me, and I was just doing a few bits and bobs because it was just so un- uninspirational. And and even the uh, the the allure of a, a pretty new fourth kit, yes, that's fourth kit um, on display, it, it didn't convince me of the team that was wearing it. And and without Mbappe, there isn't much, is there? You know, and I, I know. Neymar and and it sounds silly to say that because they've got Messi and Neymar's coming back to fitness, but he's just so integral, isn't he, to everything they do, even when they're bad and they win? It's usually because of him. And if they're very good, he's usually at the heart of it.
2: I think what first of all, it's interesting you mentioned the fourth kick because just a reminder PSG were playing at home. Yeah. Yet again. Yeah. And in the Port Dote, so one of their main stands, the fans didn't actually come in till half an hour into the match and during the week they'd um, released a statement basically having a massive go at how the team or the club is run both on and off the pitch and they've had enough of it and they used these ridiculous fourth kits as an example and actually there were there were some stunning um, banners unfurled during the match like really slagging off Leonardo for example or players who are completely uninvested that kind of thing I don't all that said, and for all the usual reasons, I'm not convinced about PSG at all. I don't think they've got it in them to win the Champions League. Um I was gonna say something else. I'll come back to that later when we when, if we do the questions that you alluded to. But yeah, first of all, I don't think I know. Real Madrid, I think, are in a slightly similar position to PSG in that it looks like they're dominating La Liga. I'm not sure to what extent they're playing particularly well. I think, um, from from what I understand, Ancelotti has sort of very much got his starting ten or eleven, and is not sort of showing much variety apart from that, which suggests he doesn't even have that much faith in a lot of his squad. Um, and they seem to be relying a hell of a lot on either. Benzema or Vinicius to bail them out a lot of the time. So, and I think they've lost a bit of form the last couple of weeks. So maybe because Benzema's not been there. So I think they're um they're there for the taking. And as for PSG, I think in a way, their goal just summed up what they are and what we know they are, which is absolutely no hint whatsoever of a team. Um, Mbappe having to bail them out. But not only that take messi i think he's been i know he's been unlucky in that he's hit the woodwork seven times but i think he's been and i should also say played out of position a lot but he's been so average since he joined psg and i'm a huge messi fan i'm definitely team messi compared to the other one and um you know sort of willing him to do well as long as he didn't embarrass liga but he's been so poor yet he's got eight assists somehow so far. (laughs) And he came up with the assists the other day. So he did absolutely nothing except set up the match winner. So that's the thing with some of these players. And that's why that's kind of their blessing and their curse. It means that they could still quite easily beat Real Madrid by, you know, same as, for example, the Leipzig matches earlier in the season. They could easily be second best and somehow have one flash of genius and win the match. But I think it's because of that that maybe the idiots running the club further up rest on their laurels and, and can't see that there's no sort of long-term strategy and no genuine sort of team ethic that is more likely to win things on the continental level and more likely to win friends and influence people both inside and outside France.
0: Mm. And is, is there an argument just off what you said there, the messy thing in particular? Um, is there an argument that the likes of him, Sergio Ramos, who's injured again, uh, Donnarumma, like is the argument that if they only turn up one week out of foreign league out, however much you and I would say that's disrespectful, and you know we're try- we're out here trying to defend the league against the you know the people. I'm just going to be nice. The people who don't rate the league and farmers and all that crap is is the argument. Well, they they don't need to turn up away at, at Rouse and at home to Tois, As long as when it comes to Real Madrid under the lights, you know, you get a a nine out of ten Messi and they go on in that competition. Is that sort of the argument? And
2: is there also
0: a bit of the argument that maybe Messi is saving himself for that? However much that's wrong, is that a sort of thing that could be on his mind?
2: I think you can argue that once they've won the Champions League and they can look back on it and justify it. But until yeah. they've done that, they just look stupid. Okay. Marquinhos was interviewed in the press conference today and someone said to him, so basically your season starts tomorrow, right? <laughs> and he took it really, really badly. Mm. Um, but you sort of understand, obviously, why he would take that badly. But you can also understand why he was asked the question. Mm. Because... Um, The number of times that they've had to resort to last-minute goals, it sort of goes back to a little bit to what I said about you know, Mess bringing on Nian and, and Marseille bringing, bringing on Milik. By the law of averages, they've got so much quality in their squad that 19 player or not 19, 14 whatever players can have a complete off day and if the 15th player does one decent thing when the other team that doesn't have that depth is tiring, then they're going to win the matches. But it's not, it doesn't mean they shouldn't turn up. It, you know, it's a bad example this weekend because they they lost to a lowly team, but Bayern put in a shift every week. And maybe that's why they have a better record in the Champions League, because they're it's not that about the quality of who they play each week. It's the fact that they're switched on each week. Mm. And so it's not hard to kind of go up that one further gear, whereas PSG, you feel like they have to go up three or four gears. And, but I, I don't think it's, I think it's about attitude and I don't, I don't think it's because these players are so much better than, I don't know, whoever turns out for, for Reims or Rennes or whatever. I just think it's the type of player, it's their attitude and it's what they're allowed to get away with. And I don't, I'm not sure that Messi is that type of player, I just don't think he's adjusted yet. But I think Neymar's that type of player. Ramos, I don't think we even know yet because he's played so little. So it's not a case of turning up one week in every four. It's a case of turning up one week in every four months, you could say. (laughs) Um, There's very few players in the team and Marquinhos is one of them. So, you know, of all the people, he's allowed to get annoyed by a question like that. There's very few players who look like they care. Um, And I just think it's very hard to kind of suddenly raise your game. PSG can do it. They did it against Man City this year. Um, They can raise their game and they can suddenly, you know, last week for a sort of revenge match against Lille, they can suddenly look like they want it. And the attackers are helping the defence and vice versa. And they could do that against Real Madrid and run out deserved winners, definitely. But you just feel like that it has to be happening more regularly, whether in league out or not. Mm. yeah that's
0: that I I mean you've I think you've both summed up where I am I I'm always on the fence with PSG because you know if you if you dare to put your opinion on Twitter which we all know is is something you should never do um you know you get all the trolls come back oh how are you supporting PSG, Qatar even then and and it's like it's all it's all negative and yet if you say well I'm supporting them because of French football you then get the argument well they're not really French football they're a franchise and it's like you just you can't win and Part of me really wants to see them do well. And then I also think if they went and won it, but I feel a little bit sick, you know, it's, it's kind of that. And, and I, and I again, I know I'm biased and I apologise, dear listener, but I just don't think Pochettino is a good fit. I really don't. And I, I feel like that's... Well, I, wanna, I,
2: I thought you might bring that up. And I had a big <laughs> argument with someone about that after the, the Ren match. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you about being a good fit. But that's not the same as whether he's a good coach or not. I do think he's oh, a no, good I, coach and I think I it's completely irrelevant whether he is or not. Yeah. And I just want to touch on something that I was doing. I'm very naughty. I was doing it during this podcast okay. that on, um, on Lekip, they've got choose your sort of best 11 from the QSI era. And I just want to go through, so I put my answers, but I want to go through the percentages of what people have said so far. So goalkeeper, you got the choice. Ariola, Donnarumma, Navas, Sirigu, Trap. Navas gets 66%. Fine. Choose your left back. Maxwell, 77%. Central defenders, Marquinhos, obviously still there, and Thiago Silva, 45%. Left back, okay, Hakimi gets this one, but this is probably the one that's the closest level field. Lev- you know, closest between Aurier, Alves, Hakimi, Meunier, vandeville Defensive midfielder, Mota, 91%. Other two, mid- <laughs> Other two midfielders, 48% and 42%. Paredes, Pastore, rabio they get 1%, 7%, 2%. Sheesh. Three attackers. You've got Cavani, 19% next highest is Neymar with nine percent and then you've got Ibrahimović set 27 percent Mbappe 32 percent um you know so basically of current players you've only got Mbappe, Verratti, Marquinhos and Navas so all this crap that the foreign media have been sort of building up with building up PSG with, clearly only with the intention of bringing them down, that this is the greatest squad ever assembled, all that kind of thing. It's bullshit. And anyone that basically follows football can see it's bullshit, that it's such an unbalanced team. Of course, Donnarumma, Ramos, Messi, all coming in in one summer, looks fantastic on paper. But you're talking about a goalkeeper who's going to unsettle a brilliant goalkeeper, two 35-year-olds or whatever, one of whom can't run because he's injured and the other one just hasn't run for four or five years anyway. Um, And even if they're all in the team, and probably even if they're playing at their best, they're completely unbalancing a team which is full of a hell of a lot of very average players, particularly that midfield. you know, They've never replaced Mota, they've never replaced Matuidi. And it's absolutely ridiculous to say that this is a top quality team. I really don't think it is. And it doesn't matter if you've got Pochettino or Guardiola or whoever the coach is, if they're not allowed to manage their team and pick their players and have any kind of authority over them.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I can't argue with any of that. That list is quite eye-opening, I must
2: admit. I wasn't aware of of
0: the, the detail of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. And I guess, depending upon that, these are the games now or um, well, this one tomorrow and the ones going forward, these are the ones that are going to be judged on because these are the ones where all the, uh, everyone's eyes are on them, you know, whether they be English football fans or, you know, um, I know some commentators have a trouble dealing with the fact there are other leagues outside the Premier League, but all the eyes will be on them and this is the marquee fixture. Is that the Premier League that's,
2: you know, really close competition this year and the team at the top definitely aren't a franchise of Middle East either? That's the one. That's the one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly the one. You got it in one. Um, Anyway, uh, let's bring it back to France. Um, Before we look ahead to next week's fixtures, let's uh, have a little look at Coupe de France. Uh, Phil, you have some info for us. Yes, we had the quarterfinals
1: last week. And Monaco beat Amiens 2-0. They're through. Nice, we mentioned earlier, uh, beat Marte 4 1. Not beat uh, Bastille 2 0. And what we were all looking at, I think, was the Poudy Bergerac, Versailles. Uh, do the do the music. That's coming. Come nah, on!
2: Nice. Can't do it, Nilies.
1: Oh, <laughs> it, but Versailles one on pen, please. Uh, Four five after uh, one one draw. So we have Versailles nice in the uh, semi final draw and not Monaco in the other draw. So, first side are the pretty pussy who we will all be rooting for. And do we have it looks a little bit awkward, but that will be. Uh,
0: good match who, who are we calling a winner in this as it stands I mean who, who do, we, do we do we all have a favourite because I'm Monaco I think, is the one that sort of I don't know just stands out to me for whatever reason
1: yeah I think we're looking at a Nice Monaco final
0: mm. but I
1: really hope Versailles can kind of
0: fuck things up Oh, they're, they're the dream, aren't they? If we could if we could get a team like you know that level through, that that is the dream. Everyone loves an underdog, as they say. But um, yeah, with with as we said sort of last week, with a, a PSG-less competition, um, it does give the opportunity for someone else to. Come up on the rails and, and take that tight one and just be nice to watch a final that, that doesn't have them. And, you know, with all due respect to PSG, it's nice to see someone different, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that we would all quite like to see that um, moving forwards. But um, the next games, I believe, are, isn't it three or four? Is it three or four weeks' time? I'm a bit confused, trying to check the dates. Um, I will tell you Coupe de France and semi-finals are. Uh, page takes forever to load. They are first sign Nice is the first uh, of March, and in fact they're both the same. Both first of March, not Monaco at the same time. Um, according to this website, eleven p.m. I don't think that's right. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that's probably not right. <laughs> uh, as lovely as football is late at night, I think that's probably not quite accurate. I would imagine it's more like a, an 8pm. But, um, you know, if you know something we don't know, listener, do let us know. Anywho, uh, let's wrap this week's pod off then with just a quick look ahead to the weekend upcoming in Liga. Of course, if my, uh, if my website will update. There we go. We got there in the end. So this is week 25 that we are upcoming. Uh, as we say, we've got the two games in midweek for the teams in European action. But on Friday the 18th, this Friday coming, we've got Lille against Mets. Um, I'm not even going to ask Jez because I can imagine how you're feeling about that particular fixture. Uh, that is the old Gib Jez Darby. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Launce against Lyon is the Saturday 4pm game. Again, uh, on paper, looks pretty tasty. Adam,
2: just to say, Adam Virgo is on comms for the... Leo so at least we'll have a decently informed pundit for once.
0: I often find the uh, Friday and Saturday fixtures are fine. It's when you get to the Sunday evening one that you know the doom is coming upon you. I know Stephen Wyeth has been doing the, the daytime games as well on the Sunday, so yeah, just 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 find the mute button for Sunday night, guys. You'll be fine. Uh, Nantes against PSG is the evening game. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lance Leon is the 4pm Saturday game, by the way, and then Nantes PSG, the uh, game on Saturday um i might have to eat my words here but with psg in action midweek i would say this is a game to very much avoid because i just have a feeling it's going to be very classic nil nil poor game psg win it in the last minute with an akadi knob finish or something along those lines but you know i may be wrong uh sunday sees nice against Orger, which is the 12 p.m midday game uh, lorient against montpellier which is the chris phil derby so I won't be speaking to Phil over the weekend. Um, That's one of the two o'clock games alongside Arousa against brest which is suddenly quite a tasty fixture for both clubs, different ends of the table. Uh, Rennes against Trois, similarly. I really need to start finding some form. St Etienne against Strasbourg. All of a sudden, that's very interesting, with St Etienne's upturn in form and the aforementioned Strasbourg shooting up the table. Bordeaux host Monaco uh, once again. It'll be interesting. That's a 4.05pm game, that one. Um, and wouldn't you know it, Marseille are on the telly Sunday night. So get your meat buttons ready as they host Clermont uh, at the Velodrome. Um, can only really see one winner there, but strange things have happened. And if Clermont were to lose that game, and the likes of St Etienne or Lorient or Toile or any of the three below them win, um, suddenly Clermont will be looking over their shoulders with a great degree of concern, like a cat would as a dog approaches. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting weekend ahead in uh, in League Arts. So there we go. I think we've covered everything we need to cover this week. Uh, slightly longer pod than usual, but we had a lot to get through. So I think we've done pretty well there. um As usual, I uh, keep your eye on any upcoming articles on the site and of course the Twitter feed. um We don't do too much of the Twittering mainly because it's you know there's, there's just not a lot of very nice people on the internet these days. But we do try and keep you informed of the podcast and. Uh, as we always say, please do, um, please do let us know if you want anything covered or anything specifically brought up. Um, and just a very heartfelt thank you to uh, a couple of people popped up on. I think they tagged myself, Jazz, and um, Phil in a couple of the tweets, just saying uh, how well we sort of handled the the tribute to to David Crosson last week. And um, whilst I don't want to sort of take the sort of praise, um, you know, for my colleagues here, I think it was just really nice to read that. I think it was nice to be. To you know, for her, for people to say that we did it well, thought so that was really nice. So thank you very much if you did get in touch, and uh, yeah, hopefully um, we don't have hopefully we don't have to do it again in the nicest possible way, and everyone stays fit and well. So there's good a, a message as we can leave things on. So um Phil, thank you very much for your oh one other thing, one other thing. Sorry, I've just forgot before we go. Sorry to bring the mood down again, but um we do just have to touch on one final incident in the sort of French press and well more the English press really but Phil your thoughts on Kurt Zuma and his sort of antics really from your standpoint you wanted to, to address the wider message
1: I well I know that we are all cat fans and concern. So, we are all disgusted by what Kurt Zuma did. And there's been calls for him to lose his sponsorship for his national place, etc. And, yeah, if you do, if you abuse an animal, then you take the consequences. But I think something I felt over the past couple of weeks where we've seen that is If you're saying Kurtzuma should not have his international place, Kinsley Coman has his place and has sponsors. Lucas Hernandez has his place and has sponsors. Benzema has his place, has sponsors. I'm, it is unacceptable to abuse an animal. But it is also unacceptable to abuse a person. And maybe we need to work that out somehow uh, and it's very easy to say well a cat doesn't ask her for it a cat isn't
0: dressed inappropriately
1: yeah
0: the whole thing stinks a little bit doesn't it the whole thing is- it's
1: this is problematic
0: mm. And
1: I'd say kicking a cat is bad. Dragging a woman across the floor by her hair is also bad. Yeah. Let's work on how how all of this works, and just
0: i i am
1: yeah
0: yeah i am having a problem yeah agreed yeah and and I, i'll keep my views to myself on this one but jazz you just to sort of round us off i mean you you have some sort of um uh, or just just general view on, on this and what's gone on since
2: yeah and no, i think i think we spoke about this when Similar kind of thing when Benzema got his place back in the France team when we're sort of talking mm. about false equivalences and and you know, just very strange um sort of order of priority, and also obviously, you know, how certain players will get away with certain things because they are that kind of player. Um, not that kind of player, but quality of player. You know, if if Deschamps sort of strongly suggested this week. That Zuma would not be in the next France squad. If Ben Zema had been caught kicking his cat on video, I'm sure he would still be in the squad. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I, th- I think. Uh, obviously, I'm absolutely not condoning what what Zuma did, but I think um, you know this has been. There's an element of a sort of you know internet pylon. It's the kind of thing that, going completely off the subject of football, I sort of been uncomfortable with since diana died and this just bizarre whole country kind of suddenly all having exactly the same view and you know ripping their clothes and sitting in sackcloth and ashes about some princess that they didn't even know and it just it's all bizarre and i feel like the internet has made that kind of thing worse where everything just snowballs so quickly and um you know i think if there'd been a story zuma kicked his cat it obviously wouldn't have been as bad as the fact that it was caught on camera and that it's just the visual thing that, that makes it so much worse. And you know, the same with just what Phil said, I think, you know, beating up your girlfriend or whatever should absolutely be a reason why you're not picked for an international team anymore. But if it if that kind of thing was caught on camera, I think the, the sort of uproar would be wrongly so much worse than... When it's just reported and, and there isn't that sort of visceral fact that you can see it, um, we 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 saw
1: over the past couple of weeks a woman had to record her own rape to make people believe her.
0: Should say allegedly, and that's. <laughs> but yeah
1: you know the who was it who said well the cat did nothing wrong mm. fine because we don't expect that but there are there the there were judgments mm. that happen. I don't mean it what in terms are of you judgments where do you what were you doing
2: but I think we're going slightly off the subject there I don't I don't think you know in terms of like Komen for example I don't think anything was ever disputed I think the Hernandez one is a bit weirder because they just seem a very dysfunctional yeah. couple and-
1: I mean Komen, uh pled guilty mm.
2: I, th- I, th- I think I don't like I, j- I just I mean I- it's not okay. I don't think it's a case of. I just mean just the fact that you could see the cat being kicked. Just hmm. you they know. brought it home.
0: I haven't even seen it, and I'm distressed by it. You know, because I, yeah, to I it. Yeah, I just think
2: it made it's... it more emotive. I mean, I know beforehand you said that you know Zuma's teammate suggested there was racism involved.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I. Well, he, I don't, he, he... He compared it basically, Michel Antonio, sort of suggesting because you know racism wasn't brought up as a serious subject as to the level that a cat has, and basically they asked him very straight, you know, what's your opinion on Kurt Zuma as as a teammate, and the first thing he said was, well, um, what what was mentioned when when racism is prevalent every week. And it's like, no, Miguel, that's not the question. We haven't asked you about that. Nobody's suggesting that racism isn't important or key, as is homophobia, as is uh, general abuse in any walk of life. The question was, you know, what do you think of your teammates' behaviour and and him playing? And he just dodged the question. And I
2: I, I mean, I'm not saying I feel sorry for them, but Antonio or Moyes, I think they've been put in difficult positions.
0: Yeah, the club should have dealt with this for me. They should have just said, this player is not available you know, much like. I but even
2: like, then, I just find everyone saying shouldn't be available for how long? It's easy yeah, to kind of say he shouldn't. He should be dropped What, for a month, for a year. For, but then, a uh, cancel his contract. I mean, but then does you know, that open the floodgates a bit? Because then you look at
0: as Phil alluded to the Mason Greenwood case. Entirely different set of circumstances. We should say, he's, you know, he's not been charged, so it's very much an ongoing investigation. We can't say too much, but you know, to what level? Because you've got Manchester United fans who are saying well innocent till proven guilty and these are the same manchester united fans that it's, that jump around that's, viewing, the full, that's, know, what, I... that's what my
2: issue is with the false equivalence and you know Benzema apparently blackmailing your teammate which by the way
1: is also sexual violence
2: but in a purely footballistic sense it's the livelihood it, is worse it? but you can say <laughs> I would understand if someone said you've done this crime or whatever it's absolutely nothing to do with playing football your ability to play football you know that's a different kind of set of authorities that need to deal with that I'm a manager I'm only sort of worried about what you can do on the pitch to me what Benzema did is more reason for him to be dropped because what he did wrong was actually kind of showing I can't be trusted even with my teammates that's to me that's a kind of from a purely football point of view it's a bigger issue but it's just the yeah the false equivalence depending on who you're who you support or who you know who's a remember Alan Shearer didn't kick a cat across the kitchen but he kicked <laughs> another footballer in the face yeah from point blank range with a huge swing but because he happened to be england captain and it was a couple of months before the world cup he got away with it
0: john hartson er berkovich as well was a similar you know act of violence and training wasn't it that was recorded and you know uh, yeah i I don't. I don't want to go too deep in here because you know we wanted to mention it and you know um, we've shared our views. I just, yeah, I, 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 do. I do think if this happens in a workplace um, that isn't, you know, a saturated market as football is or celebrity market as football is, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't get reported, but it, it's probably everybody moves on and you know you decide whether you like that person or not, and that's it. I think the bit naturally it hit me quite hard because I love animals and you know as I said I haven't seen the video I've got no interest in seeing it I think the bit that, that stuck with me is there was a child involved there was clearly this video was made for you know it wasn't like a point or the cat done anything wrong from what we can gather it was all about you know sort of celebritism if you will if that's even a word it's all about hits and clicks and to see them laughing about it that's what made me a bit uncomfortable and it does open the question of if you can do that to an animal what could you be capable of with something else which is a whole other subject we could go on for hours in but I think it's fair to say there are a little bit of double standards and and, and it just depends as you both said what side of the fence you fall on but uh, all I will say to draw a line under is that uh, we here at French Weekly love our pets have uh, no intention of kicking any animals and, and we're not particularly keen on anyone who does so I'll, I'll just draw that line there but no I think you spoke very well both of you on that one and um yeah hopefully we can move on from this sorry affair with nothing further um and indeed move on is where we will this uh, this particular time so I think we covered everything apologies I'd forgotten that but yeah um do look after your cats and uh, give them a little pet from from us uh, all your dogs or budgies, or blizzards or whatever it is you keep please don't kick them or throw them around the room because it's not very nice uh, but what you can do this week is, uh, is enjoy your French football, because that's what we'll be doing, at least hopefully so, depending on who we support. Uh, so all the best from us. Uh, do take care out there. And until next week, we'll speak to you very soon.